0: So what that allows you to do is, you know, so you contribute to your donor advised fund, you can invest that money and start to generate income and then create charitable gifts every year as kind of the income out of that fund. And you can do, you know, as many contributions as you want. So every year you can put money in, you have full control over where those distributions go. So what charities.
1: Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started.
2: Hello and welcome to your retirement planning simplified with Joe Curry and Lindsay Wilson. Um, Today we wanted to look at a topic that's come up in, uh, in in the past year or more uh, about charitable planned giving. And some of these examples might be, you know, Canada Gives or or Link Charity. We thought it might be worthwhile to look at exactly what charitable planned giving is and how to go about doing it. So Joe, what exactly is it?
0: Okay. So Lindsay, charitable planned giving is basically planning or creating a gift now that will go to an organization you love later, most often later. Now it could also be uh, something that you're doing or giving now, but giving some more thought to how you can increase that impact. So from a high level, that would be charitable plan giving.
2: Right. And what are some of the different ways that you might be able to plan it out or, or go about do, some, do charitable plan giving?
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's a number of ways, and probably no limit to the number of ways or how creative you can get. Keep hearing different ways people have found to come up with planning gifts and uh, ways that have larger impact or save more on taxes, or you know, different scenarios. But some of the more common ones are giving through your will, so planning that in your will, using donor advised funds or foundations, just taking uh, excess cash flow that you you may not need so from sources like maybe cpp when it kicks in if you don't actually need that income it's just creating additional tax through life insurance and uh beneficiary designations on registered accounts such as tax free savings accounts RIFs or rsps things like that
2: just where some people might be new to it or encountering this for the first time could you maybe explore each in a little more detail like for instance if we started with the will
0: Sure. Yeah. So that would probably be the most common way of, I guess, addressing charitable uh, plan giving. So it's, you know, I think a lot of people think that if they want to leave money to a charity, that it's uh, going to be a complicated planning process. But at the end of the day, through the will, all you really have to do, especially if you already have a will in place, is you know just add a couple lines to it, and you you might want to specify in there uh, a specific gift to uh, one or more charities. That's a, a you know specific dollar amount. Or it might be the uh, kind of the residual leftover after your, you know, your kids or whoever else you're leaving money to get the gifts you want them to have. And, then, you know, kind of if there's money left over, or whatever's left over could then go to the, that charity or those charities, however you, you've uh, kind of explored it. So it's just a matter of basically having a conversation with your advisor and your, your lawyer and just letting them know what you want to do. And then, you know, the lawyer can just add that in quite, quite simply.
2: Right. And, and now how about a donor advised fund?
0: Yeah. So donor advised fund is very interesting. It's, we hear about the rich and the famous having their foundations and, you know, most people don't think they could have their own foundation because there's a, you know, a lot of costs that go along with creating a foundation. There's costs to be, you know, with the ongoing upkeep of the admin of a foundation, but what a donor advised fund is, is it's basically a foundation. It's just, it's carved out of a larger foundation. So it's your own little piece carved out of a larger foundation. And and for all intents and purposes, it it acts the exact same way. It just has very minimal, if any setup costs, very minimal kind of ongoing costs. And all the the administration is taken care of by the, the parent foundation, we could call it. And so the way that it works is you're able to put money into your own donor advised fund. You then receive a charitable tax receipt when that money goes in, but you maintain control of that money. And then CRA just says the uh, kind of the only stipulation is each year you have to give a certain percentage of that fund away to charity. So and I'm not sure the exact number off the top of my head, but it's going to be in the neighborhood of I think four to six percent. So what that allows you to do is, you know, so you contribute to your donor advised fund you can invest that money and start to generate income and then create charitable gifts every year as kind of the income out of that fund and you can do you know as many contributions as you want so every year you can put money in you have full control over where those distributions go so what charities then this is a it's really a way that you can create kind of a legacy for your your charitable giving if you want i mean you can also keep it anonymous but so you could have a you know your own mission and vision for the charity you can get your you know your kids involved in your values for giving and when you pass away one day you can leave money from your estate or life insurance to the donor advised fund again getting the full charitable receipt so you get the tax benefit but also that will be an ongoing uh fund that could go on you know and like long be long beyond the time that you're here. And again, your family could take it over and and who knows, maybe your grandkids and so on and so forth down the line. So it basically for all intents and purposes it, it is a foundation, but it doesn't have all the costs and the you know the administrative burden that comes with with a foundation.
2: Right. Now and what if someone was looking out of their cash flow?
0: Yeah. So I mentioned cash flow earlier and uh CPP is an example. So for some people, they're in the fortunate situation where they have more than enough cash flow and say they're in their retirement. They, they know they have everything taken care of that they need. And then at a certain point, the government says you have to start collecting CPP, Canada Pension Plan, or if you have uh, money in your RSPs, you have to transfer that into a, a RIF and start taking the at least the RIF minimums. So all of a sudden... You may be already paying more tax than you want to. You don't need this extra cash flow, and but it starts coming in and meaning you have to pay more tax. So it might be something where you just redirect that income, that that new income that, that you don't want that's creating more of a, a tax issue than anything, and you can donate it to, to charity to get the, the offsetting tax receipts. Or in the case we just talked about, your donor advised fund, maybe you're redirecting it to donor advised fund if that's something that you've set
2: up. And I guess I'm curious if one could do anything with life insurance.
0: Yeah, so life insurance is interesting. And this is one of the, really one of those ways I was talking about earlier where you can get very creative. So, you know, touch on this in a couple of different ways. But from a high level, there's two ways to use life insurance for charity. So, the first one is uh, if you have a policy, you can donate that policy to a charity. And then you can continue to make the premium payments, but those are tax-deductible premiums. So you're getting a charitable tax receipt every time you pay the premium. So the other way to do it though is you make the beneficiary of your life insurance policy the charity. So you continue to be the owner of the policy. You pay the premiums. There's no tax deduction for those premiums, but the the charity is the, the beneficiary. So when you pass away, you, your estate will then get a charitable tax receipt equal to the, the proceeds of that life insurance policy. And so that could be a really powerful from an estate planning standpoint, because if you're going to have a lot of uh, taxes owing when you pass away, whether you have money left in RIFs or uh, investment in real estate with capital gains, whatever it is, that could uh, result in a, a very large charitable donation receipt that can offset a lot of those taxes that are going to come due on your estate. So, when I was talking about some of the ways that people can kind of get creative with life insurance, going back to the, the excess cash flow piece we touched on with CPP and risks. So, a mentor of mine, Mark Halpern, which I'm hopefully we're going to get him on the podcast to, to go into a little more in depth on this. But so he's created something called CPP Philanthropy. So, that same situation I was talking about where the CPP is coming in and just creating more tax that people don't want to pay when they're in that situation is something where you can just redirect that CPP, those CPP income to a life insurance uh, policy to pay the premiums, that is then going to, I mean, you can use it one of those two different ways where you donate the policy or you make the the charity charity your beneficiary. So if you're trying to save the tax today because you don't want that excess tax, you donate the policy now. And then now all of a sudden your CPP is actually just generating charitable uh, tax receipts for you. And again, the flip side of that is if you know you're going to have a lot of money left over in a riff or something like that, you could just make it the beneficiary on that life insurance policy. So this is allowing you to have a much larger impact. So if you do it through cash flow, that's great. and a lot of people don't life insu- like life insurance, and that's fine. and maybe you want to give more today. So life insurance isn't going to allow you to give today because it's going to be a future benefit. But if you want to have a larger impact, life insurance is a way that you can do that. So you put the smaller premiums o- away today so that, You can get that guaranteed life insurance benefit that will have a a more significant impact for the charity in the future when you pass away.
2: And what about if if we're looking at beneficiaries specifically as it relates to uh, like a TFSA, RSP, a RIF?
0: Yeah, sure. So registered accounts such as RIFs or RSPs or tax free savings accounts, we can have named beneficiaries for those types of accounts. So we can uh, just put a charity as the beneficiary or multiple charities. And so when you pass away, the charity will receive those funds and the estate will get a a charitable tax receipt. So again, offsetting a bunch of the taxes specifically, you know, where I see that used most often is with a RIF or an RSP and that's because that money you know, whatever's left in there, in a lot of cases, you know, fifty percent of that's going to go to CRA, roughly, because it's fully taxable as income in in the year you pass away. So, if that money is left to charity, then it's uh, you're actually getting a tax receipt, and what uh, you know, it's going to offset other tax within in the estate. Area. I mean, it's really just a, I guess, there's no tax payable on it when it when it comes through with the estate. So that's uh, one way. And, and sometimes, you know, people use a portion of that. And and that also comes back to so getting away from the beneficiaries on those accounts again. A lot of people really are worried about the tax they're going to pay on that RIF. So aside from just donating it to a beneficiary, you know, that's where we see other things like life insurance or maybe other assets such as stocks that have appreciated in value. They can be left to charity, donated to charity without realizing the capital gain and still getting the full tax receipt. And again, that's also going to go to help offset taxes that are going to come on the estate from things like the RIF. So so yeah, named beneficiaries are, are definitely something that is super easy. You know, it's even easier than the will. You just tell your advisor or you know, whoever holds your account that you just wanna who you want to make the beneficiary, the simple process. And then when something happens to you, you know that charity is gonna get the money.
2: If it, you know, if we're looking at this, why should someone consider charitable planned giving as opposed to say ad hoc giving?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And at the end of the day, most people don't really give a lot of thought to you know planning out their charity. And don't get me wrong, you know they might start the year with a budget, like this year we're going to give a you know away five thousand dollars to charity. But by giving some more thought to the the planning aspects, it's really allows you to have a bigger impact. So most people, they don't give because they want to save some money on taxes. They give because there's causes that they care about and they want to have an impact. And that's why there's not a lot of planning goes into it. They just kind of they just give that money when the time comes, you know, whether they're writing a check once a year or they it's when someone comes asking, they know you know they're expecting it. And that again, that's all great, and it is having an impact. But from a, a planning standpoint, the way I look at it is if those organizations and those causes are important to you, does it not make sense to do a little bit of planning to see how can we have a bigger impact? How can we take those same dollars you're giving and stretch them and and make them go further for the organizations or the the causes that you love? So that's why I think that it's, uh, it's so important to give thought to this planning, especially if, you know, if you start talking about larger lump sums or we're talking about charitable giving as part of an estate plan.
2: Right. So if we're looking at action items that people can carry forward from today, what would we be, what would we tell people?
0: Yeah, so I think the first thing is if you are charitably inclined and you are working with an advisor or an estate planning attorney, just let them know that charity is important to you and let them know you want to have a discussion about how you can fit that into your overall financial plan in a way that's going to help you have a larger impact for those causes.
2: Excellent. Thanks, Joe, And and as always, uh, if you're listening, if you know somebody that you think might benefit from listening to this podcast or this particular topic, please like, share, subscribe, and rate the podcast. And of course, if there's any topic, issue, question that you have that you'd like us to cover, don't hesitate to reach out. We are more than happy to, to answer any of your questions. And in conclusion, don't forget about the show notes. If there's any sort of topics, material in here that you're interested in knowing more about, you can always find it out at www.matthewsandassociates.ca slash 23, episode 23. Any final thoughts, Joe? Anything that you want to add?
0: Let's make a mention that, you know, if you're interested in charitable plan giving, we uh, are going to have a, a few more episodes on this. I'll hopefully get a couple Guest speakers in to, to go a little more detail into some of these areas I discussed today. So it was more of a, a high level overview. But I'm looking forward to uh, continuing this discussion because you know it is something that uh, I love talking to clients about. I get excited about you know helping clients have uh, an impact on the causes and organizations that they're passionate about.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Lindsay. Investment services are provided through Matthews and Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc., ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews and Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews and Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor
1: before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.